everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local community. And it's a great place for entrepreneurs to stop by if they're just looking for more information about the franchising industry. Speaking of the franchising industry, our industry is just as affected by economic swings as anything else. There is an argument that it's a little bit more insulated because of the experience of the franchise systems. They've been there, done that when it comes to hard and soft economies. But the reality is there are certain industries that historically have been able to resist economic fluctuations. Our guest today is somebody who's been in the franchising industry for several decades as a franchisee, as a master franchisee, and as a franchise consultant and broker. So I'd like to welcome back to our show again, Mary Cronk. Thank you. Several decades. Holy smokes. Oh, I forgot to say you started when you were 11. And yes, you still get ID'd every time you go to the grocery store to buy wine. Yes, that's exactly right. Good save. Good save. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Mary. I really appreciate your perspective on this. And, and the reason that I wanted to do this episode with somebody who's been in the field for a good period of time is that mm-hmm. when you're talking about economic fluctuations, and we're recording this webinar at the start of 2023, excuse me, this podcast <laughs> at the start of 2023, you know, we're going through one of those economic fluctuations. We've got, uh, we've got inflation that we're dealing with for the first time in a long time. And depending on which metric you look at or which politician you talk to, we are or are not in a recession. But the reality is things have changed. And having perspective on what it's been like in the past and going through cycles like this becomes incredibly important. In fact, I tell my clients, don't listen to somebody unless they've been through this before. Those are the voices you should be listening to before. So... Thank you for joining us, and I'm looking forward to your perspectives on industries that are more resilient. You know, we can definitely talk about that. And and one thing I'll say, you know, quickly, having been through the recession, you know, post-2008, mm-hmm. um, even even franchisors, we're going to talk about some today, of course, that are, are pretty recession-resistant. Um, However, there are franchisors out there that do just as well, even through recessionary times, even though they may not seem as resistant. And um, one of the experiences I had was actually going to a franchisor's national meeting where they pulled all the franchisees together in a room. They shut the doors and they worked out all of their finances. They worked out all of their um, their back-end costs and how to shore those things up for greater profitability. And they worked individually with every uh, franchisee as well. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. You know, people get really nervous. They kind of think um, no matter how many times they're told that you're going to be part of a franchise system, they're going to train you, they're going to support you. You still kind of feel like you're, you know, out there on your own. And that's not necessarily the case, you know, um, there's a lot of opportunity for help and help from your peers, help from the franchise, um, 
headquarters to really help you move that business forward. So I just wanted to point that out before we got too far into just the industry side is thinking about it as well from the side of the franchisor and having that power, mm -hmm. you know, of, of having their help and their guidance through those things. Absolutely. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And people who are, who've been there and done that before, it, it, it reminds me, your observation reminds me of, you know, something similar that we watched unfold in the franchising industry through the COVID pandemic. And that was how franchisors answered the bell and responded to help their franchisees, making sure that they knew how to file for the economic disaster loans or PPP, helping ensure that they could pivot or adapt for online ordering and or curbside if they were in some kind of food service or retail business. So I appreciate you starting with that perspective because the power of a franchise system can have a lot to do with how to adapt to change appropriately, uh, regardless of the category they're in, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, you know, hundreds, thousands of, of franchise owners, thousands of franchise concepts, you know, it's interesting to me, they remain in business, you know, overall economic times, you know, people get really worried about what if this changes, what if that changes, but yet we can continue to point to many, uh, many different companies at many different points in time, have started at many different points in time, they're still in business today, they, they've lived through this, so yep. we will too. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, by the way. So let's talk a little bit more about some of those industries that tend to be more resilient just by the nature of what they do, product or service-wise. Um, you know, some of those that come up to me, so I'll, I'll, I'll tie it in. I, I heard your dog backing in the back, or barking in the background at the beginning here. We've all got Sorry. pets, usually. Uh, most of us, I don't know what the percentage of uh, U.S. households is that has pets. I know it's more dogs than cats. Uh, but certainly that's an industry that if you look at the statistics, it, regardless of what the economy looks like, it tends to stay very consistent, pet services, pet products. And in fact, in many cases, um, the demand for those services increases during tough times. Absolutely. I, I mean, going back to your COVID example, what did we hear over and over again in the news? All these dogs are being adopted and people are taking right. pets because they're home now. Well, guess what? They still have all those pets. So, yeah, yeah. And they, and they still, still need to needs. eat and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still need to be trained, still need to be walked, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to be walking our dogs and watching our cats when we're doing podcasts, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Cleaning up the yard. <laughs> so if you're advising a client, speaking of cleaning up the yard, if you're advising a client um, who's, you know, this is really top of mind for them, somebody who's looking at starting a business and interested in the franchising field, but they've put front and center the need to find something that's very resilient to economic fluctuations, what types of businesses might you lean more towards in an instance like that? Well, first of all, I'd congratulate them for looking at franchising because franchising a lot of times is um, it really geared towards stable industry, things that are tried and true. So when it comes right down to it, though, if you think about basic needs, right, we talked about the needs of our pets. Well, we all have basic needs, too. Our hair grows. We have to eat. We drive cars. 
you know, none of those things are going to change. We're going to live in our homes and ha they have to be cleaned. You know, there's all kinds of things that come up. But if you just start by looking at that alone, you can start to see where those opportunities may lie. Um, so I'm Being sure we can think of a lot yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like your point. It's, it's more about what are the things that people can't do without, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we got used to using the term essential service during COVID, but the more general utilization of essential services, those things that, again, people can't do without, or there's going to be a need for that product or service. And it can be a product or service, right? We're not talking about whether or not people buy something tangible. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, for everybody, it's a little bit different. And at the end of the day, you can find, I think, a great business that is very recession resistant, but it all goes back to how you're going to run it and how you're going to drive it. So finding that thing, I don't think is very hard. It's more important at finding that match that's going to allow you to do what you need to do and use your skill sets to do it and meet the goals and strategies and criteria that you have the whole, the whole reason you get into business. Right. Right. So, um, this is just another aspect, this idea of looking at recession resistance as just another aspect that needs to be considered in finding that right match. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to the person? Let me, let me take it back a step here real quick to, to that individual that's looking for a business and they say, I don't know that I want to look at all right now because of the uncertainty in the economy. Hmm. Well, if, you know, if I wanted to sound smart, I would say, what are you waiting for? <laughs> that may not be the, pro <laughs> the proper way to go there, but really kind of digging into their, their greater concerns, you know, what are, you know, what are they worried about, you know, in terms of what they think is going to happen you know, none of us can predict the future. You know, if you, if that person has a certain thing that they're trying to accomplish by having the business, you know, it may be exactly the same today as it is tomorrow and the next day in looking at getting into it. So really understanding their why then, or in the case that you described the why not, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> I think it's going to be incredibly important to figure out because it isn't always what people think. And if they're not willing to take the time to learn more about these opportunities, they could be walking away from something that could be great for them. It makes me think, think of two things when you said um, not sure what they're walking away from. I've, I've certainly found, and, and this was me too before I got into the franchising industry years ago, most people, when they think of franchising, they think of food and retail because that's what we see out there, right? Um, then when you start researching the industry, you start to realize how deep and wide it really is. And it does include categories uh, that are fairly resistant and or categories or businesses that they might not realize just how energized they would be to be the owner of that business. Absolutely. Or, you know, in some cases, when you look at stable industry, recession resistant, I had this come up yesterday where the client said, well, I think there's going to be too much competition. And if you if you look at the greater market, you look at what percentage of the pie you actually need to have the size business you want, you may be really surprised to find it's not going to take you as much as you think. 
you know, but if you don't do the research, if you don't go out and, and take the dive and figure it out, you're never going to know. A wise person once said to me, Apple, the company, was at least five years late to the smartphone industry. And it was a very busy, noisy industry or category when they joined in the smartphone industry. And you know what? They've done okay. <laughs> what did we have before iPhones? We had Blackberries, right? Yeah, Blackberries. <laughs> we, had, we had a lot of stuff. And everybody thought Blackberry is just going to own the market forever. But you bring along a better mousetrap and do a better job marketing it. Timing isn't everything, right? That's right. Speaking of timing, the other thing that I was reminded of in your last comment was Warren Buffett, Oracle of Omaha, of course, right, is <laughs> famous for saying that during economic downturns, this is the time when fortunes are made. And I believe his point behind that was when other people are running away, you look and you analyze to see what is it that people really need more right now or people are going to need at any given time. And they go big, and the return can be phenomenal in those instances. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have a franchise system that's already figured it out, you know, it's all about implementation. You don't have to go try to figure out the better mousetrap, right? Yeah. If they If they know what that is and um, they're continuing to improve those systems – um, if you've got the basis for that, if you can implement systems, you can do really well with your business. Yep. So, yep. Another wrinkle that I wanted to address, um, which I think franchises do a good job of addressing, and that's what uh, brought this to mind for me when you made that comment, is you're going to have folks who say, no matter what, uh, if they haven't been through something like this before, and, and we all know as we're sitting here in 2023, it's been almost 13 years since we've gone through a recession, which is unbelievable because on average, the cycles have been every eight years for any kind of economic downturn. They always happen. It just took a long time for this one to happen. And so there's people that are still going to think, well, people just aren't going to part with their money. If they've, they haven't been in business through a recession before, they don't realize that people will still part with their money. They might be more judicious about it. And so that brings me to those industries where it's not money out of a person's pocket. So there's industries where insurance reimbursement or an insurance company directly pays for the product or service that you might be offering. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that, Mary? Some examples of that? Sure. You know, um, I, I talked to someone the other day who got home from work five o'clock and the water hose had disconnected from their washing machine and flooded their kitchen and flooded their, um, their laundry room. So, so what do you do then, right? Your first call is usually to the insurance company to call someone to help you clean that mess up. And then later that you're filing a claim, right? Right. So um, it, that, that's an instance where you have to have somebody come immediately and get the help that you're going to need. Um, you know, there are cases like um, Recently, I was talking to a client um, about a franchise in um, elderly care. Uh -huh. That's not going anywhere. You know, our aging population continues to grow and all of those people need help. And, you know, for some people, it's going to be a few hours a week. For others, it's going to be 24-7. Yeah. You know, so some of these things are things that we're going to have to have. And um, and yes, we will file through insurance to to get that help. 
Yeah, whether it's a damage restoration business, like you talked about, you, know, you got a got a hole in your ceiling or water in your house or there's been a fire, and senior care services, right? That's not something that people can cut back on. It's it's something that that has to that it has to happen, and oftentimes insurance is paying for that. Mm-hmm. Automotive, right? Oh, absolutely. Have, if you have a collision, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you're calling the insurance company. You're getting referred to a collision shop, right? Someone that's going to help you take care of that. Um, y- you know, that's a normal part of, of that whole experience. Not a great one to have, but you're <laughs> a lot of people are going to have it. So, um, yeah, you could, I mean, you can argue that there's a real altruistic component to owning a business like that as well, whether it's fixing somebody's vehicle or helping somebody's house, um, you know, they're in a crisis moment, right? It's impacting their life. It's impacting their work, their family, et cetera. And you're, you're kind of riding in as the white knight, helping them out of that real, that real crisis moment in their life. So. Absolutely. It takes heart, you know, for a lot of these types of businesses, in addition to, you know, the, um, the skill sets you need to run it. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you have some heart involved because you, you are, uh, we had a, a franchise that we worked with a while back that had deemed themselves the paramedics of disaster restoration, right? I mean, that's what they are. They're coming in at that very moment. You need that help and, you know, kind of wrapping their arms around you and saying, Hey, we're going to take care of this. So, you know, and that's what you're hoping for too. And in, in some of these other situations. Um, so you may file that back to your insurance, but, you know, that's what you're, you know, as the owner, you really have to have some heart in those things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good point. And I do remember that the paramedics are property repair. <laughs> Anything else you think our listeners should know as far as um, what to look out for um, during economic fluctuations when they're looking at business ownership? Um, you know, I would do your research, you know, I, I think it's very important and when you're looking at any business that you do proper research getting in, um, don't let a franchisor rush you to the finish line, um, it, you know, and trying to, to move something along. If you're uncertain about that, make sure you do your research up front. Um, I would also say that, um, if you can, if the franchise has been around long enough, you may want to talk to some folks who have been through the last few years with pandemic, with COVID, who can speak to how the franchisor helped them get through it, how they went through it themselves and, and what was different for them, what's different for them now versus later. So, you know, we're in that unique spot where now we kind of have that, uh, we have that view. So it's, it's worth pursuing to understand. That is great advice. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah. Well, Mary, really appreciate you joining us again today. And I thank you for your insights and your perspective, your years of experience, even though you started when you were 11. Decades ago. Decades ago. (laughs) We appreciate you being part of the podcast and, and we thank you for volunteering your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Blake, for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody for joining us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Don't keep us a secret. Subscribe, follow, and share this episode and others with folks that you think 
would gain from knowing a little bit more about this topic. If you've got any questions or missed something and want more information, just scan that QR code. It'll give you our contact information. We'll be happy to answer any questions you might have for myself, Mary, or others. So thank you all for joining us once again for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. We'll see you here again soon. Huda Media Production.